check, check. Mic check. This is the Fly Moto 60 Show. Presented by Maxxis Tires, Pro Taper, and Get Data. On PulpMX.com. Taking your calls and looking ahead to the races. With your host, Steve Mathis. Yeah, welcome everybody. It's the Fly Racing Moto 60 Show. It is Thursday, August 26th, 1101 uh, uh, a.m. Pacific. Thanks for listening, man. We got lots to talk about. Iron Man coming up this weekend. Three rounds left, man. Iron Man, Paula, Hangtown, and that's a wrap on the 2021 season. It's been good. It's been real good. Some real surprises, some real great racing. So looking forward to uh, continuing to talk about it, man, here on the show. Thank you to Fly Racing, their 2022 line. Uh, so last year for 2021, they went and redid the light line of gear. Uh, they gave it a uh, BOA uh, closure on the front. And this year they focused on the Evo and the Kinetic lines of gear. And uh, they've done a good job with that as well. Made it fit a little bit better. Made it tighten it up a few spots. Uh, they also have the Formula CP helmet, which is new for 2022. It offers the Rion technology at an eye-popping price. The Zone Pro goggle, that uh, podium, the JB10 last year, it's, it's back and it's doing good things. Uh, at Fly Racing USA on social media or, or everything at flyracing.com. Like, uh, go to your motorsport.com and check it out. Thanks to those guys for coming on board. Pro Taper as well, whether it's Rockstar Husky, whether it's the Chaparral Honda guys, whether it's the, uh, the Star Racing Yamaha guys, whatever it is, uh, for riders of all levels, grassroots, amateurs to world champions, Pro Taper has you covered. Go to your local Tucker Power Sports dealer, your favorite online retailer, like, mot- like motorsport.com. Pro Taper's been a leader in motocross control components since 1991 when they created the first oversized handlebar design. And now, that once unconventional concept has become the industry standard ProTaper.com. Uh, thank you to Git as well. Git and Athena. Of course, Athena's got the uh, cylinder kits and the cylinders and clutches and pistons and things like that. And the Get side of things has RPM uh, dashboards uh, that sh- show you the correct RPM off the start, something that has been used in Europe and with many, many riders uh, over here as well. Uh, two-stroke and four-stroke ECUs. Git, Git. If you want a deal from the folks at Get and Athena, just uh, email us using the contact form of PulpMX. Dot com and we'll pass it on to those guys and uh, they can help us out. Thank you to FMF Vision, of course, and thank you to Maxis too for coming on the show. Fly Race and Moto 60 show, uh, 702-586-7857. If you want to talk some uh, some Ironman, some Moto, MotoGP, um, MXGP, I should say. I don't want to talk MotoGP. JT might, though. Uh, Jason Thomas, speaking of JT, Jason Thomas and Michael Antonovich are coming on the show today. Also, uh, taking your calls over there, holding things down. He finally got all the stuff fixed on his intense taser after uh, Rand, myself and Randy Richardson pushed him to the limit. It's the Tits Legendary. Tits, what's up? That would, that would be accurate. Yes, you pushed me to pushed the limit. Pushed you to yes. the limit. Yeah. Yep. Okay. All yep. right. Uh, it's all fixed now. Everything good? Yes. All right. Yes, thank you. Um, let's, uh, who do you like for the 250 title? Do you like the Jet or do you like uh, Justin Cooper? I'm 
pulling for the jet. But you think... But I don't know that I would put any money on either of them, to be honest with you. I'm not that much of a betting man. Obviously, well, with it, it's at three points apart yeah, or something three points. like that. Yep. I'm hoping for the jet, though. That's all okay. that really matters. All right. Oh, boy. Sorry. Big noise there. Yep. You all right? Yes. I can't I see you. You're something. way yeah, far down way there. over here in this big mansion. Oh, here we go. Uh, Jason Thomas, Michael Antonovich coming up. There's a combine this weekend. I want to get the f- uh, thoughts on that. It's an amateur combine. It's open to... Uh, some of the riders that were top 10 at Loretta's, I think. There's going to be some coaching going on by Chad Reed, some media coaching by Jason Wygant. Uh, it's something that they want to do. It's A and B riders. Um, Brock Glover's going to be there helping out. Langston, I think, will be there helping out. So lots of stuff going on. Uh, and pretty cool that uh, they're going to do all this. I think MX Sports is kind of taking the lead on this. It's an invite-only thing, and uh, it'll be on uh, tomorrow, the race. And just give the amateurs, a little bit like the EMX series over in Europe, give the amateurs a little taste of pros, uh, which I'm okay with. I'm just not fine with the amateurs racing pro. But if you want to do this, on rough tracks, on national prep tracks, then uh, I'm fine with that, man. You can do all that. So we are giving away a Fly Racing t-shirt and a hat today, right? And a set of FMF goggles. Uh, FMF Vision, the official goggle of Justin Bogle, Joey Savacci, Zach Osborne as well. Uh, power is in the details. Power is committing to all the small things which lead to innovation. Power is to see what others cannot. FMF goggles is the choice of Osborne. Visit fmfracing.com to experience the Power Bomb and Power Core goggles uh, now. So thanks to those guys uh, at FMF Vision to see the latest on social media and all that. Of course, Peters and Osby and all those dudes also do. All right, let's get to uh, Jason Thomas here coming up right away. But first, Tyler has a future headline. What's up, Tyler? Hey, man. So I got a J-Mart future headline yeah, for you. Yeah, give it to me. You got J-Mart, the most dominant 250 rider with two out of three overalls. Or... J-Mart pulls over for Jay Coop to help with titles. Funny you say that, Tyler. I have that on my list of questions for Anton and JT about J-Mart helping those guys. Um, so stay tuned. I can't give you the answer. Let's let's talk about it later oh, in the show. But I like right. it. It's a really good question, man. Thanks for calling. All right. All right. All right. Thanks, man. Uh, we got an e-bike question, so right away that gets to the front of the line. Alex, what's up, man? Hey, Steve. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah. Um, just a question for you. My buddy and I are driving home from Vermont. We just went on a mountain bike trip, got some TVO suspension, thanks to your code. Nice. Um, so I want to know, what is your favorite place to ride uh, on the Supercross circuit that you rode last year? What did you think had the best mountain bike trail? Uh, dude, is this, there's only one place that you could possibly say, and that's Park City, Utah. <laughs> Yeah. So if you eliminate yeah. Park City, which blows everything out of the water, if you eliminate that, I'm going to go with uh, my favorite place was probably um, – you know what? I, I'm, I think I'm going to go like Houston area, some stuff in Houston. No climbing, no hills, but I really like the scenery, yeah. and I really like some of those trails out there, the Sam Houston Forest and all that kind of stuff. So I'll go Houston, yeah. But – Nothing can touch the Park City places. Right. Awesome. Thank you very much. No worries, uh, man. And, then, and then another quick question, if you have time. Sure. Um, have you have you got tire inserts for your tires yet? No. I think something on Instagram about it, but I'm sure you didn't say it. Uh, yeah, no, I don't. The Kush core, you mean? Yeah, yeah. We all have Kush core, and we love them. It, it really helps with the rocks. <sighs> Aren't they a pain in the ass to install? I don't know. I have to ask Tits. Tits, uh, can you install Kush cores on my bike? Uh, I actually have Kush cores on my bike, so the oh, answer is yes, I do. Yep. Do you like them? I do. Yes. 
Are they a pain in the ass to, to put in and everything? It, there's just a, a certain way you do it. Oh, okay. And as long as you know how to do it, it's not that bad, no. Okay. Oh, yep. well. If, I'll, I'll try, man. If Tits wants me to try him, I'll try. Yeah, do it. Keep us updated. All right. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Have a good show. Thanks, man. Uh, Fly Racing Moto 60 Show. Speaking of fly, it's Jason Thomas. What's up, JT? How much? What's happening? So you did the Kinetic and the Evo lines of gear this year after redoing the light one last year, right? Um, yeah, when you say redo, it's probably not really accurate. Um, just like really small changes. Well, that, okay, so that was my question. So out of the Kinetic and the Evo, like which one has got more drastic changes for 2022? Or is it both kind of the same? Neither of them are super drastic. I think the knee on the Kinetic is a, is a pretty big change. Uh, it, it's just much narrower than it used to right. used to be. The uh, the Evo is is a really subtle change, uh, just mit- like length of material wise. Uh, but I mean, honestly, overall, we didn't completely overhaul anything uh, for twenty one like we did in twenty. Yeah, the light or twenty two. Sorry, the uh, the light pant was a massive deal. Yeah, that was a that was a huge deal. I mean, you're changing the entire waistband and no more zipper, and there, there was a lot going on there. Um, so this year was more kind of refinement than than fundamental change. Right, right. Um, okay, so uh, Ironman this weekend. First up, how's the weather? Because we have had some some muddy ones at, at Indiana. I think we're going to be okay. Um, it is raining. It's going to rain there today, but tomorrow and Saturday are both supposed to be clear. So my only concern is if they get a ton of rain today, will it be kind of soft and ruddy for Saturday? Uh, which is kind of the norm there, right? If you get any rain throughout the week, that, that track just seems to kind of hold up, want, want to hold on to water. Um, so we could see, you know, a softer, ruddier track. Um, but I, I think as far as, like, inclement weather, I think we're in, in the clear. All right. Okay, good, good to know. Uh, this is a great track, isn't it? It's a really, really cool track. It is. It's challenging to ride. You know, I got to ride it at that race in uh, 2015 that they held. Um, but, yeah, I don't, I don't think – it's uh, very many people's favorite track, but it's certainly not one of the uh, the lesser tracks either. You know, I think it's just a, a middle of the road, really quality racetrack. Um, really, you think it's not in the upper echelon of tracks on the circuit? I do. I, I mean, I don't think it's the best. I've talked about that. I think it's the it's in the top four or five of tracks. Yeah, I mean, okay, if you go yeah. four to four to six, that's fine. Um, okay, which, you know, kind of puts me back in the middle. I just don't think it's one of the best ones either. I think Millville's significantly better. I think Redbud's better. I think Bud's Creek is better. Um, so, I mean, at least those three anyway, I would put a, above it. Right. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Um, what do you uh, What do you make of this combine? What, what, I, there's not a whole lot of information on it, but invite amateurs, you know, um, yeah, the coaches, Chad Reed, Bradshaw, uh, Weege teaching media relations. What's your make of this whole combine thing? I'm in a kind of wait and see mode on it. I don't know a ton about it, which is seems to be a problem. Um, <laughs> you know, I, <laughs> I think they could have done a better job of explaining to the the public yeah. what is actually happening. Here. Yeah, yeah. Um, there was just an email that went out that does help with that. You yeah. know, but it's also Thursday before the event too. Yeah. Um, so it would have been nice to get the Moto Media behind this thing and actually promote it and, and see what they could do with it. Um, I'm just not 100% sure what the the hope is on the back end of it or where, you know, what's the direction or what are we trying yeah, to get out of it. Right. I, okay. I have more questions well, than answers, really. I mean, it's an EMX thing. They they want the amateurs. Uh, I know Tyler Keefe's been a big proponent of this. Ryan Holiday has mentioned it. They would like the amateurs to have more of a 
of a real life test uh, on pro national tracks that are prepped that way, disc watered, longer motos, right? Uh, so it's a sort of an EMX formula is what they're trying to do. Um, they don't have time for that on a Saturday of a national, so they're going to do it the day before. That's the plan. I just wonder, you know, yeah, what's, how's it going to go? I'm all for that. I, I definitely am all. I just wasn't sure about the, the quote-unquote combine part of it where you have coaches and these things. I don't, right. okay. I don't know what's happening there. If wow. you're telling me that we're going to get the best amateurs together and we're going to have races that are going to better prepare them to be professionals, yeah. Say no more. Okay. I'm, I'm in on that. Yeah, I think that that's, that's the big thing, right? Yeah, we each teach in media relations. Who cares? Right, yeah. I, don't, I just don't know all the details. So I'm trying to be really patient and see how this plays out because it could be great. But I, I don't know right. enough. Right. I, right. And, and I'll take some of the blame there, too, I guess. I could have done a better job of researching it. But you could also say I shouldn't have to go try to no, find it. No, I would say you shouldn't have to. Yeah, I should, would say that this should be broadcast more openly, right, about what it is and everything. So I'd like to see it on Saturday. Look, these motos, I've said that, you know, you talk to Berluti, you talk to other mechanics that, you know, you and I know a ton of these guys. There is not enough time in a national to get everything you need to get done on a bike. Uh, Heaven help you if there's actually an emergency and a fire drill and you don't have enough people. And, and, you know, these are hot motos and these are rough. And these there is not enough time in the day for these guys. There needs to be an intermission or a 20-minute amateur moto or something, in my opinion. I get it that it's it's uh, overtime for the camera crew, and that's part of the reason why we do this. But, I mean, come on, man. Like, you know, like it used to be. Well, you know, you remember. It was, uh, it yeah. was a long day. And, you know, the longer you keep people there, you sell more merch, you sell more drinks, you sell more all stuff. Uh, I don't know, man. I, I, it's too rushed to me. I'm glad I'm not on a team. Yeah. You know, I, I do feel for the mechanics, for sure, that has to be – brutal trying to get back there and then you have park ferme where you know they have to have the bikes inside by a certain time and all that stuff too um i don't know i don't know what the answer is because i don't think they are in a hurry to go away from this you know four and four hours in a row schedule um so i don't think there's going to be any change on the horizon but as a rider and as a as a mechanic i could absolutely understand that and, and i think it would be better the other way well put it put the emx put the uh, amateurs right in the middle there we go boom that, that's it but that, that still screws up the tv thing that's well, the problem well, whatever i don't care okay. jt uh, i know uh max's tires mxsts used by uh rod bell who uh, crushed it this past weekend jeremy smith a ray uh mountain bike tires light truck tires trailer tires maxis.com for more information on that jeremy mcgrath uses and develop the new Maxxis tire. That's all you need to know. It's Jeremy McGrath. All right. Um, JT, I got a few more th- few more questions for you. So three rounds to go. Uh, does Eli Tomac get an overall? Unbelievably, he's been the fastest rider uh, more than a few times out there as far as lap times and, and moto wins, and he does not have an overall, and he's a three-time champion. Uh, yeah, it's pretty amazing. Does he get it? I think he can. He, he won this race last year. It wasn't uh, any sort of dominant win at all. Uh, if you remember, Justin Barsha was all over him yeah. at this race, 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 race. Well, quite a good race, honestly. I mean, they really battled it out. So it's certainly one that he rides well. You know, we saw him battle with Jeffrey Hurlings here. He, he's had success at this race over the years. So if you're looking for one for an opportunity, I think this is it. I do not think he will win Paula. That's just my opinion. I don't think uh, it's a track that necessarily works for him. But then you go to Hangtown, and that's one where he's put in some of the most dominant rides in all of racing history. So he's got two out of the three 
uh, tracks that work for him. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, I mean, he hasn't really shown dominant dominant riding in a long time. So I think if he gets it done, he's going to like squeak it out, right? It's going to be like a three-one or right, a, right. something like that. I don't I don't see a one-one coming on. So does he get one till the end of the season? Yes. I'm going to say no. Okay. Um, simply because Roxon is riding much better than I thought he would be to this point. And then we know how good Dylan Ferrandis has been. So not only does Tomac have to be, you know, his main rival over the years that's been Roxon, but he's also got to beat this upstart of Dylan Ferrandis. Um, if he doesn't get it this weekend, I mean, I could see him pulling it off at Hangtown on a track he rides well where Ferrandis is just mailing it in. That could be a scenario I could get behind, though. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Speaking of uh, Tomac, we have a question about Eli on uh, on five. Let's get to it. Joe, what's up, man? Hey, what's up, Steve? How you guys doing? Good. What's your question, man? Good. Uh, four things real quick. First of all, Tomac does not get an overall okay. by the end of the season. Right. No way. Uh, second thing is uh, your shows with DV as co-hosts kick ass. Thank you. Yes, awesome. he's, he's, he's great. Number three, we need to get Berluti as a co-host again sometime. Yep. And uh, number four, I agree 100% about the intermission, the need for some sort of uh, extended time in between motos. I mean, even if it's just 15 minutes. Something. Yeah, something. Something. Yeah, we we need something. They need something. I mean, it's 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 just brutal. Okay. Yeah, I uh, I agree, man. Uh, so we'll see what happens. I like JT said. I don't think there's any change coming. So um, thanks for the call, man. You got it. Appreciate Take care. It. Thank you. Uh, Scott's on two. Scott, what's up, man? Hey, man. Random thought here you were saying a while ago about loretta lens you didn't think it was right that you randomly draw for start positions you know right what happens if pro motocross went to that why well, is that as, I mean, is that as big a deal yeah it's stupid the whole thing is stupid you got to have qualifying or some sort of seated thing right i mean why enter a championship where every weekend it's just a lottery to see where you start uh which are you know oftentimes very important i mean there's don't get me wrong. There's ten gates you can pull a whole shot from at a lot of races. You know, it's not like you need number one. But uh, yeah, you can. Uh, yeah, it's. Yeah, they're not going to do it, so they shouldn't. All right. Next thought. Back when Stewart let Reed pass him, I was just a fan watching. But yep. was that just giant in the industry? Was that just like the hugest thing, or was? Oh it? Yeah. yeah, that was a big deal. I don't remember JT. The I don't remember that ever happening before, and it was a massive deal in our sport when Stu just said, "Okay, go ahead," because you because Chad what what had been saying was Chad was like, "I can't start with him. If I start with him, I could beat him. Yep. I just haven't been able to start with him somehow on a 250F." Chad hadn't been able to start with Stu on a 125, uh, but JT. So he finally got the start, and Stu was like, "Okay." Well, and I think that's just that's just a personality trait for Chad. He he always wind up thinking, well, if things go my way, nobody can beat me in this race, right? And so I don't think he ever really got away from that. If you watch him all the way through his career, he he would get smoked one weekend and come back and be trying to win the next weekend. So it was it was really nothing different. But yeah, I don't I don't think it's actually I know for a fact it didn't sit very well with Chad right. for a long time. Yeah, yeah, and, and 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 JT, you can vouch that it was a big deal, like in the pits and it, yeah, it was actually seat. absolutely a big yeah. deal. He he was actually living with Timmy yeah. at the time, and I remember Timmy telling me like he was just so distant the next day, like he didn't talk to anybody. He was like walking around the airport by himself. 
Yeah. You ever seen that? So uh, how is Pablo Escobar? Uh, yeah, the, the meme that, or whatever. Yeah, I think <laughs> right. that was him. Yeah, right, right. Um, uh, so you would agree, Stu has to be on every Mount Rushmore, uh, just a respect for ah, uh, l- listen, the uh, insane talent. And, there, there was a Moto One Twenty Fives, and I've heard this from a couple of people, and I heard it from somebody who was there. He tells me he was there. Stu tore all the tear offs off on the line and said, "I'm not going to need these." Like this is this happened? Yeah, Beaker told me he saw it happen. James said, "I don't need these." So, uh, yeah, I think if you don't put Stu on your Mount Rushmore, I don't care how many titles he left on the line because he left a lot of titles right. on the table. Uh, the wins are there. So, uh, thanks, uh, Scott. Do you want a FMF shirt and hat or a pair of FMF uh, goggles? I'll take the goggles. All right, stand. I got a random right. Van Halen question. If you got it. Oh, I got time for that. OU812. Yep. The cover. Yep. Left to right. Name them. Oh, man. Uh, Anthony, Sammy, Alex, Eddie? Oh. Alex, Eddie is reversed. Ah, Otherwise, you got it. it. All right. All, all right. right. Hey, Thanks. I really appreciate it. All right. Stay on hold, all right? Stay on hold. We'll yeah. get you to go with goggles. That's a random uh, question, JT. Never really thought I'd get that today. but Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm wishing we didn't. Uh, <laughs> David's on. Uh, Dave, you got a question about Dylan Ferrandez? I do. Uh, how you guys doing today? Good. Um, so it, it, it appears that he's poised to win the championship. Yep. Can we think back into the vault? When is the last time a premier champion won wearing a front and rear chest pro? One over the jersey. Uh, the wow. Jersey. Yeah. I, I, I it's don't been know. a long uh, time. Shorty never won one. Uh, J-Law never won one. Um, JT, help me out. Front and rear chest pro. Oof. Has it been um, Johnson? Yeah, RJ, right? Yeah, RJ did. <laughs> I don't know. It's been a long time. Uh, didn't Larocco win? Wear one? Uh, an yeah, MSR one? He wore a front. He wore a he wore front. front. Front only. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, Doug Henry. Oh, yeah, good one. Uh, Henry might have worn yeah. a full full Fox Lanson? one. Not premier. Right. Premier. Oh, premier. Yep. Okay, yeah. Doug um, Henry would be my final. Yep. That's a good poll. I think JT's right. We'll have to do some research. I mean, this is a this is a pressing question, of course, but just an interesting because right. a lot of people wore them and they took them off because they said, "Oh, I want to be the yeah. champion. Got to do everything I got to do." You know, your your Stewart and your Carmichael. They wore one in the one twenty fives, and then they took them off when it went two fifty racing. So yeah, I'm yeah. Just curious it's a good that, point. So. Stu wore one forever, and then uh, took it off he for did. the big bikes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, have you have you spoken to Arthur Draper about your uh, your Washougal crash? No, I have uh, not. I, I probably should. Yeah, I should. I should do oh, that. Yeah, the rental, Steve. you know, yeah. the the rental car company, uh, rental car company never uh, never contacted me, so I think I got away with that one. Yeah. Uh, I really think you should talk to Arthur about that. Uh, thank you. Good good call. Thanks, man. All right. Appreciate have it. Have a good day. All, All right. right. Thanks, Michael Antonovich, coming up here. Uh, Jason Thomas on the show. Uh, JT does. Does Jmart start helping out Coop? And if he does. Is it only at the final round, or does he just say, forget it, no way? That's a great question. Um, I think the only chance it happens would be at, at Hangtown. Yep. And I still think it's a long shot. I think he does, but only at Hangtown. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Because uh, he's staying there next year, right? He's going to ride for there yep. and everything. So um, It would have to be the perfect situation for him to do it. I don't think it's just. Right. I don't think he's entering the weekend going, I need to help I need to help Justin Cooper win this championship. Like if everything's going the way that it would need to for him to step in, then maybe he does. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right there. Uh uh Robert's on six. What's up, Robert? You wanna talk about the four fifty class? Yeah, thanks for taking my call, Steve. Yeah. Um 
just going over what we know right now with contracts and who's going where and writers' ages, I'm looking at the list, and I'm thinking the next two to three years, we could have, like, maybe the biggest uh, exodus of the 450 class that we've ever seen. Hmm. Um, well, I don't know if there's stats to track that as far as we've ever seen. But, okay, so you're thinking Tomac, Roxon, Well, well I'm Bogle. thinking Tomac, Bogle, Brayton, Barsha, Muscan, maybe Webb. Nah, not Webb. No, no, not Webb. Um, you he's he's you 26. You don't think if he wins another one, he, nah. he might only stick around for another two well, or three you, years? I mean, I don't know him that well, but I don't think so. But Marv, yes. Tomac, Blackout. I think Tomac's after two years, he's done. Um, I think Kenny's done after this contract, which I think is two more years. Um, Wacko. Wacko. Wacko yeah. is done, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, then yeah. you got like Savachi, Craig. Yeah, but I mean, we've never we've never you know kept track of this stuff as far as the greatest turnover. But yeah, you're just saying general turnover. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Yeah, I'm yeah. just thinking you know you start looking through the list and even of the privateers like A Ray Chisholm. Yeah, you no, know, Chis- how much Chis- longer are they going to be able to? Chisholm will be there on. forever. Chisholm will be the, Chisholm will be there forever. Yeah, that, uh, I think uh, I think Savachi will be around a little while too. JT, go ahead. I think Savachi will be around a little while still too. Yeah, I don't think he's very uh, old, right? So, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't. I don't. I mean, yeah, I think we're going to see some turnover for sure. We're going to see some great riders, you know, um, um, bowing out like Roxanne and Tomac. I don't see Tomac racing two. I see don't. I don't see Tomac racing three more years. Two more years at the most. So um, yeah, be interesting. Uh, thanks, Robert. Thanks for the call, man. Thank you. Uh, Tyler's on one. Tyler, you want to talk about the combine? Yeah, I am in a great position where I get to consume an insane amount of moto media uh-huh. and. From what I can gather, it seems like from the Lawrence brothers being so amazing and getting a lot of following, Chad being very vocal about some of these things, it seems like this is kind of what you've alluded to already, um, kind of more of an EMX push. Let's get the amateurs doing some things that are more than just five-minute Loretta's yeah. motos. Yeah. Let's try and get them prepped more for that. And it's, I think it's really interesting it's taking this long to have people like the Lawrence brothers um, with some influence to come in and say, you know, we've seen this over the years with people going to Europe from Australia, other places, and then coming to America right. in order to get this type of change. Well, what's, what's happened, it's, it, there's been a push for a number of years, but, you know, there's been a lot of amateurs that have flamed out, right, that have had made a lot right. of money and haven't done anything. And so when you talk to the team managers for these guys, they'll tell you, like, man, you know, they got a great bike. They got a bike that's going to give them a, a, a start on 80% of the guys that are on the line. They got four laps, you know, to, to ride. And, and when they get the pros, they're clueless. And so right. that's what this is. And JT, we had Talon Volan on Monday. And mm-hmm. Talon's like, you know, Jet's 17, right? And 18, he's been, now. 18. He's been riding a, a, a 250 for four years. You know, he's yep. been on a 250 for four years. He's like, he's more experienced than a lot of these guys he's racing, even though he's only 18 years old. So, and that's a great point. So, you know, yeah, that was it. I just wanted yeah. to say, I think it, I think it makes it makes good sense to get these amateurs to go from a five minute moto to yeah. you know potentially a fifteen minute moto to help that transition into pros. So I think that will also contribute to a lot less uh, injuries and well, maybe a little less burnout. You, you hope so for sure. Uh, but uh, I yeah. agree. The only Loretta's has twenty minute motos, right? All these other races are four laps. So, right. Uh, all right, thanks for the call, man. Appreciate it. Thank you. No problem. Thanks, guys. All right, See thank you. Uh, John's on six for a question for JT. John, what's up, man? Hey, guys. How's it going today? Good. What's your question? 
question is, do the riders and the manufacturers worry as much about the weight of the gear as they seem to do of the bikes? Yeah, JT, it's uh, a big, yeah, it's a big, big concern. Yeah, yeah, we do nowadays. Um, if you went back 10 years, I would say no. That was just the very beginning of it. 2010 was kind of the, the kickstart of all that. But yes, very much so now. Um, you know, we weigh, we weigh everything. Like our light can't, the, you know, our lightest. All right, John, under a, can't hear you. It's under a pound. Yeah. Yeah, which you, so, you told the story. It was Andrew Short, right? Yeah, and it was, it was really Honda. Honda was the one that really pushed them to push us uh, to do something like that. Um, you know, they were spending crazy amounts of money on, and this is back when everybody was trying to get on that 216 weight limit, back when it was 216. Yeah. They were spending insane amounts of money to try to get down there. And then, you know, fly racing was as guilty as everyone else of making incredibly heavy gear. And you have these huge TPR patches on the pants and all this stuff. But it had never really been thought about. It just wasn't really in anybody's thought process at that time. Uh, but, yes, very much so now, whether it's helmets or gear or whatever, uh, weight is, is right at the forefront of, of what we're trying to, to reduce. Uh, Jacob's on three. Jacob, what's going on? Hey, Steve, it's your favorite H for Moto guy. What's up, bro? <laughs> I'm keeping my consecutive rows of calling up. Uh, what about what uh, about so, Runkles? Runkles is an HVAC guy. I can't believe it. Yeah, I, my favorite fact is that his first name is Jacob. That's the only reason I watch him. All right, fantastic. <laughs> um, my question is, as far as the – I mean, I know weather comes into factor, but as far as the conditions of the track and everything, who do you think this is going to favor more? Um, particular riders? Yeah, like just track design, the type of track, the type of dirt and stuff. I mean, is there one particular rider that you think will ride better here than other places? JT, I think it's a Redbud, Millville type of track, so those type of guys. Do you agree? Yeah, I think J-Mart will continue on. You know, if you look at his results, he's won three out of four. He's been on the podium all four, uh, and this track works for him. You know, he's good in the ruts, and he's on a roll. So I think Justin Cooper will be good because the starts are there. I, I don't know that Jet Lawrence will have any sort of advantage. Um, I think it'll just be kind of a neutral one for him. Um, but I, as far as 250 guys go, I think J-Mart wins again. Yeah, and JT, you had said earlier, like, Tomac, this is, he's a good, this is a good track for him, you know, in 450s. Yeah, yeah, it's been a really good one for him. Um, I mean, it was the one last year where he was able to squeak out a win, and it wasn't any sort of breakout ride at all. Um, but I, I don't, you know, the only guy in the 450s that I would say really look for to, to make a, a move here would be Sexton. You know, it's, a, it's kind of a home race for him. Uh, he's mentioned in the past he really tries a little bit harder here, which sounds crazy, but I think just home races have that effect. Uh, but this is similar dirt to what he's grew up. You know, he grew up in, uh, in Illinois on the Iowa border there, and uh, it's very similar to what he would have grown up on. All right, there you go, Jacob. Thanks for the call, man. Hey, uh, hey Steve, can yeah. I give a shout-out real quick? Yeah. I uh, I just want to say the exact phrase, suck it, Jason. And my buddy from the Moto Group that is a nerd like me and listens to all your shows will know exactly who that's for. Fantastic. Good job. Thanks, man. <laughs> Take a Thank you. Yeah, J- we'll move on. JT takes offense to that. Uh, uh, let's go to um, Joe's on two. No, Matt's on two. Matt, what's going on, man? What's up, Steve? What's happening? So I just, just wondering, does anybody put in this – perspective um, on the overall look of the whole year. Like, for example, Kenny, he's going to end up probably the most points in the whole series, right? Yeah, Kenny's going to end up points, yep. Does that, anybody count that for anything, or is that just no. a off? No, nobody. JT, no. JT, does fly racing have any sort of 
bonuses for riders in the Grand National points at the end of the year? Oh, <laughs> no. No, bonus, we about but, you know, to bring back, but. Yeah, I don't think anybody cares, Matt. Oh, oh sorry, man. No, no it's fine. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, like it doesn't, yeah, it, we'd have no championship for it. Nobody cares. Kenny does not care. I promise you that. Um, no, you know, I know. You know, so, the, I, know I remember. Go ahead, JT. Go ahead. I was going to say the only thing where it would matter, not that much even here, is a lot of deals are made, especially in Europe. Uh, this is I don't know why it's done more in MXGP than anywhere else, but a lot of mm-hmm. deals are paid per point for MXGP championship points. Um, okay. it's, it's not a thing really here, but something like that, it would matter over there. They'd yeah. make a lot more money. It is a thing for some privateers, JT, points. Yeah, yeah, okay. but but not yeah, not factory guys, not not a big deal. But it's a little That's bit. How, uh, you know, just to further that, uh, Nick Way's 2004 factory Suzuki deal was based off yeah. of points. Yeah, there you go. So it has happened. Yeah. Right. Yep. Okay. Uh, so depends on the deal and whatnot. Yeah. Thanks, Matt. Gotcha, man. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Uh, let's go to uh, Levi's on five. Levi, what's up, man? What's up, Steve? What's up, JT? I uh, just had a quick question about uh, Jet Cooper. Um, we know there's no love lost between them two. Do you guys think that it'll get aggressive going into the next few rounds, or will they try and avoid that? They've been pretty good so far, but things are tightening up. Six motos left. JT, we always see some sort of drama here, right? I think so. Yeah, I think it's shaping up for that. Uh, just And obviously, too, um, uh, who's, the, who's the caller's name? I forget. Oh, Levi. Um, don't forget about Hunter. Right, so Hunter obviously is Jet's brother. Uh, if if Cooper and Hunter are going at it, well, you can be sure that Hunter is going to make aggressive pass right to help out his teammate and brother. So that's a that's a thing where if you're Justin Cooper, you're like, I got Jamar. Oh wait, he's not helping me. And then uh, Jet is like, Oh, I got my brother Hunter. So you know, all thanks, right, guys. thanks, man, appreciate it. I think uh, I think we'll see some fireworks before the. Well, I th- I think we'll be interested to see if because um, a lot of these shenanigans typically don't shape up other than on the starting grid positioning, right? These guys will try to line up next to each other. If you're a guy like Justin Cooper where starts are your thing, maybe you try to line up next to Jet and cut him off, stuff like that. Um, I could absolutely see stuff like that going on. Yeah, I mean, we certainly saw some stuff with star guys at the end of Salt Lake, right, last year with McElrath and and those guys. So um, Ruggs is on one. What's up, Ruggs? How are you? Hey, how's it going, guys? Good. Just packing the camper, getting ready to head out for Ironman tomorrow morning. Do you have a cardboard weed uh, with you on. or no? I do not have a cardboard weeds. I did not make a Dylan Danger Zone sign either. I oh, did not make God. a sign at this point. <laughs> thank, thank God. All right. Yep. I, I have a camper, though, if you want to stay at the track, Steve. So yeah, Ruggs, I'll meet you there. Yep. yep. <laughs> All right. Question is, uh, you guys' opinion on the old or original track layout versus what we have now, where we used to go up the Godzilla, down the Godzilla, and then back up with the big guy cooper hitting triple and now we kind of go uh we take a 90 instead of a 180 at the bottom of godzilla oh yeah and do the triple up there yeah uh i have no thoughts on that jt uh my only thought is that i'm glad i don't have to jump those things anymore um yeah they the godzilla jump was brutal in every <laughs> aspect and then the triple up wasn't as bad. It just was kind of a flat landing. But, yeah, I was way too old and way too rusty to be jumping those things the way I was. Yeah. Yeah, I I haven't been to Iron Man since they changed it up, so this will be my first time with the new layout in person. So nice. excited Ruth. to see it. Ruth, do, uh, do you want the fly racing shirt and hat? Sure. All right. Yeah, thanks for calling Awesome. In. Thank you. We'll give you that. Uh, maybe see you this weekend, all right? 
Yep, I'll be looking for you. All right, sounds good. Thanks. Uh, Jason Thomas on the show, flyracing.com. Last question for JT. Let's uh, let's get to it. It's Chaz. Chaz, what's up? Uh, not much, just driving. Uh, question here referring to the guy about the retiring riders. Add Jason Anderson to that list, correct? I don't know. He's got a two-year deal with Cowie. Uh, he's pretty young, yeah, isn't at he? at the end of the two... What do you think, JT? Uh, how old is Jason Anderson? Do we know? I don't know how old he is, but, you know, honestly, I expected Eli Tomac to retire this year. So who the hell knows? You know, I, I yeah, think yeah. we have been lured into expecting guys to retire early because Dungey and Bill Poto and all these guys. But, I mean, look at guys like Brayton and these guys are racing to their mid-30s, right? A, a guy like Jason Anderson, who I know for a fact really likes to make money and he's very frugal with his money, I think he'll keep racing as long as the money's there. My, my opinion. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I hope so. Uh, second part, uh, with all those guys retiring, the 250 crew moving in, who looks good on a 250 that can ride a 450? Honestly, I'm not that impressed with Justin Cooper, and can he do this again in the 450 class? I don't know. Uh, what do you think, JT? Obviously, look, Jet is going to be, if everything holds, Jet will be a multi-time champion here in the sport, I, I believe. Yep. Uh, but what do you think, JT? Like Cooper 450 or J-Mart ever going to move move up? Or, or anybody that you see in a 250 class that you think would be a b- good big bike guy? I think uh, in Supercross it's going to be challenging for Justin Cooper. And, and that doesn't mean he won't be a top 10 guy. I mean, for him to step up and be a podium contender or anything like that right away uh, will be tough. I don't see, but the, uh, I don't see the intensity. I, honestly, I, I do. I do see that. Well, I shouldn't say that. I see it for outdoors, which is where I was going. If you look at the way he's able to put in qualifying laps and his early lap speed um, in these motos, and then you look at his starting ability and you, you couple all those things together, I think outdoors will be okay for him. Now, I don't think he's going to be your national champion anytime soon. You know, he's got a lot better talent to contend with. But I think his chances of success are much higher uh, in the outdoor championship than they are in Supercross. I think, oh, Anderson's so 28, by the way. So he'll be 30 by the time the Cowie contract ends. Um, but is his starting ability a wash when he gets to the 450 class? Because there's going to be 10 other guys on just as good of bikes who are just as good of starters. No, I, I don't believe so. I, I think that's inherently a talent thing. Um, you know, the bike helps. Don't get me wrong. But I think you are either a great – you know, when you're talking about a guy like Justin Cooper, you're talking about an all-time great starter. You know, you look at his stats, they are truly unbelievable as far as starts go. And he's not going to lose that because he's going to be on a factory bike when he, when he takes the step to the next level. Um, it doesn't mean he's going to hold shot, you know, 50% of the time moving forward, but he's going to hold shot quite a bit. That's It's reaction time, it's technique. Um, you know, you look at a guy like Michael Lessie, it didn't matter what bike he was on, he was going to pull the whole shot. Um, and that, that's just one of those things where you can't teach, and I think Justin Cooper has that. All right, there you go, man. Thanks right. for the call. Appreciate it. Thank you. Very cool. I, See ya. I know I said uh, last call for you, JT, but this one actually maybe uh, uh, you, you, could, uh, work, uh, you could answer a little bit. AJ, what's up, man? Hey, what's up? Um, so I'm just curious. So as far as, like, the venues for Supercross goes, it seems like obviously they go to the same places, but they try to change it up, which is great and all. But there's, like, a few states they haven't touched. I live in Wisconsin, in Milwaukee, like, uh, American Family Stadium or whatever it's called now. Um, is that not 
ever been an option or any other cities not been an option due to like the baseball season and football season? What do you think, JT? How do they choose these venues? I think uh, there's there's a lot to it. It's it's the area, right? Is is the addressable market? You know, are there enough people around? Um, and then I think I think some of these stadiums just probably don't want Supercross there for whatever reason. You know, it was it was a challenge for years to get into Foxborough. You know, I, I think uh, I'd heard that they had wanted to go there for a while and just couldn't come to terms. Like they just didn't want them there. So just like we're dealing with, um, you know, the the Raider Stadium in Las Vegas, they just they don't really want Supercross at the moment. So you never really hear the official stuff, but I, I'm sure there are stadiums out there that just aren't interested. Yeah. Okay. Because I was only going to wonder because, like the Milwaukee uh, Stadium, it's out. It's outdoor, but it's like that open closed stadium, yeah. and mm-hmm. it, it will be the only East Coast round because I think that would be an East Coast round because it's over east from. Minneapolis. Yeah. And that would be the only East Coast round that would be in a East Coast baseball stadium. Right, right. Yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, I think that that yeah, would, I, that would be a bit cold, I think. I mean, on the on the surface, it sounds, as long as they can cover it and have it warm, um, it sounds like it would be a winner because anything that we seem to do in the Midwest seems to be a home run because people are cooped up and want to get to an event to do something. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. I I don't know. I don't know the exact reason on Milwaukee, but on the surface, it, it, as long as they could hold it in a you know controlled environment, it seems like it would be a winner. Uh, thanks, AJ. Okay. Thanks for the call, man. No problem. Appreciate it. Thanks. Yep. Uh, all right, JT. Thank you. Uh, flyracing.com, of course. Get it from Motorsport Guys. Uh, appreciate it. And uh, you're not going this weekend, right? You're off? I'm not. No. Yeah. Uh, all right, man. We will not see you there, but talk to you soon. Thanks. That's Jason Thomas, everybody. Thank you to the folks at Get and ProTaper, Maxis, FMF Vision, all on board with us. And, uh, again, if you want a deal from the folks at Get and Athena, use the contact form at pulpmex.com. We'll uh, get uh, get you in there to get a deal on uh, whatever they got. ProTaper, Maxis, FMF Vision, all on board with us. From Swap Moto Live, it's Michael Antonovich. What's up, Anton? How are you? Good. What's going on, guys? What's what's happening? What's new? I uh, just hanging out, waiting to drive over to Crawfordsville tomorrow. So yeah, just waiting, waiting for the next race. How far are you from there? Uh, it's like three and a half hours, oh, uh, but there is shit. a there is a time change, so it's easy. Yeah. Like it's, it's literally a straight shot on Interstate seventy right over the yeah. right over to there. Nice, yeah. nice. Uh, what is the latest uh, with Team USA? Do do we know? Uh, I don't know. I have not heard anything this week. Um, like you and I were discussing last weekend, it seemed like a fifty fifty shot back then. Uh, we'll. I'm I'm sure I'll find out something more in the next five days or so. Yeah. yeah, I have not heard anything else, good or bad, in the last few days. Would you put it at fifty-fifty from what you know and hear and whispers and stuff? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Like fifty-fifty, being optimistic, but I think it all kind of hinges now on what happens in Europe too. Like, are they even going to have the race? Um, Yeah. And I think that that that's the next big thing too. Because the one thing I'll say is that KTM is very gung ho about going, uh, as as they always are. Uh, Honda, everybody else that's involved, like those brands seem like they are going to be giving it a whole, a full effort, but the logistics that KTM pulls out every time for events that are in Europe is second to none. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. Right. Uh, did you have some breaking news? It says here. Yeah. Uh, okay. GL just announced that he is quitting being a broadcaster for pro motocross effective immediately. Really? Yeah. So uh, it's on his Instagram right now. It's a two part post. Uh, they're each video like a minute or so long. Yep. Uh, he said that there was some people that have gotten sick in the TV production crew. 
although he's produced a negative test result, because he's not vaccinated, he would not be allowed to go this weekend. Uh, he could come back and do Paula and Hangtown, but he's made the decision that he's just not going to come back at all, uh, which however you feel about whatever he says, it's a CDC thing. He, and if you watch the video, he makes it a point like he's not mad at a handful of people. Uh, he very clearly says, says who those people are. But this is a bummer, dude, because GL is a great addition to the commentary booth. Yeah. You know? And yeah. I wonder I wonder who, who do you get on 48 hours notice that he's not coming back. Yeah, I heard he wasn't coming back this morning. Uh, or I, I'm sorry, I heard he wasn't, race, he wasn't calling the action this morning uh, because of being uh, around somebody that had COVID and he was not vaxxed, and that's an NBC thing. And we are going to see that more and more with sporting events and, and companies. Oh, 100%. And, 100%. And, and so the people who have strong stances against being vaccinated, uh, I think they're going to get painted into a corner uh, more and more here. Uh, so everyone has to make that choice, you know, as far as what they want to do and if they're able to make a living, if they're if they're able to make a living with a company that doesn't care, right? Um, so that's right. going to be a big deal. But, um, yeah, wow, I didn't, think he, I didn't think he'd quit. But, you know, I mean, GL, let's face it, he's not doing the TV series for money. You know he's got uh, he's got a dealership, and I'm sure it's fun for him, but it's not a main source of income. And if he doesn't want to get uh, vaccinated, then yeah, he just quits. It's it's a free freedom each way, right? Yeah, and like full transparency, I'm not vaccinated, so I'm not going to get in the weeds on any of that stuff. You know, I see both sides to a lot of it. Um, but yeah, for GL to you know make that big of a decision. You know, he's so good. Even this year, just watching him and Weege together, it, it, that's going to be a big gap, I think, depending on who they get yeah. in for these last few races. Yeah, they're going to need somebody. They were, I know the, I heard uh, they were reaching out to a couple of people that uh, one of them currently does the, the Supercross play-by-play or an uh, analyst. So. Uh, yeah, I can only imagine who that would be. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so anyways, uh, all right, let's get into this a little bit. Uh, Iron Man this weekend. What about this combine, Anton? What are your thoughts about that? Uh, it's cool. It sounds like this is something that Jim Perry, uh, in his new role as, you know, operations guy for MX Sports and for Supercross, has kind of been in the works about. Um, but really, a, a big push has come ever since Loretta's wrapped up. Like there was a little bit of a rumbling of it at Loretta's, and then ever since then, these last like ten days or so has really stepped up about what they're going to do. I just saw the email of who's on the list. It's a pretty good mix of kids, uh, really fast kids. Not even just East Coast guys, guys from all over the country that are going to be there. Uh, so that'll be interesting to see, especially them on a full-size track. You know, I've seen them at Freestone. I've seen them at Loretta's. I've seen them at tracks around California. But I've never seen some of these guys ride a full-blown national track. So yeah. it'll be interesting to see how they do. Um, and like everybody else has been saying, this is long overdue. We've needed a feeder program like this that's a little bit more of a – easier transition to the pro ranks rather than, hey, if you have your pro-am points, you can come do one national and do it full tilt. Like, no, there needs to be a way for some of these kids to experience it without the full 40-man gate. Yeah. All the pro guys. Like, that. that's a bit much to bite off. You, you talk you to know? the same people I do, and this is something that the, that, you know, and we've had a lot of amateurs miss, right? And I, and I would put some of the blame on the managers uh, selecting riders to help, but some of the blame also on the American amateur system itself. And as the, a whole, yeah. yeah as a whole. And, and so this is Anton, as as I said earlier, this is something that you know the managers have been like, "Hey, man, we got to see these kids." So, yeah, and I think too, like as we've seen, especially the last three years, um, these kids that have not had you know all of this attention since they were twelve years old, and then have been you know maybe being the sole income provider for the family or a very big part of the family income or whatever, and they get hurt and they have all this pressure. They hit seventeen years old and they're cooked. 
Like they're done. They mm-hmm. don't want to do it anymore. Whereas some of these kids that did do public school, like Justin Cooper, did do some college, did do real life stuff. They have a more accurate scope of like, hey, man, this is fun. I haven't completely had all of the all of the life of it sucked out of me yet. Like <laughs> I'm fresh to come into it and do the sure. job instead of just being like, yeah, man, I've been a 40 hour work week since I was 12 years old. What do you want right. me to do? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. I'm going to ask you the same question I asked uh, JT earlier. Does E.T., who's a three time national champion and one of the greats, uh, does he get an overall before the end of the year? I think this weekend, like JT oh, said, okay. would be about his best shot. Um, but he's going to have to work for it. And this is something I've been watching all the races back. You've been at them. You've been seeing it, too. Does he seem notchier in some ways? Like, does he not seem as, like, like yeah, he's still manhandling the bike, but does it seem like it's not as, like, forcefully going forward all the time? You know what I'm saying? Like, it no. seems like he hits the corners and, like, the bike hops up. It seems like his riding style even more has been kind of like not not as uh, He's just, yeah. easy to do. It, because everybody else is like a guy like Sexton is so efficient. Ken is so right. efficient. Dylan is efficient. Eli still has that bury it into the thing, blast it out of the corner. Riding style that I think ever since the motocross and nations at Redbud, we've started to realize like this is not the way to go right now. Yeah. It, does it seem like he's doing mm. that more than ever? No, not to me, but he doesn't seem to have the same endurance he used to have, right? He can't go into beast mode for as long as he needs to or as much as he needs to, right? Because yeah. he, to me, his starts... It's happened. It's happened. It has happened. But yeah, his starts but have not. never been great. Um, and But in the past, it hasn't mattered because he's just he's just in such great shape. He could pull out those fast laps, lap after lap after lap. And I, now I see the fast laps, but I don't see them lap after lap after lap. You know what I mean? So Do I, you see yeah. how these could be correlated, though? Because, like, if a guy like Dylan or Chase or Ken, who's so efficient, and they're riding more efficient and they're not wearing their body down as much, whereas he's just bulldogging right. everything, and that could wear him down as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, have, his riding style is absolutely an animal, right, compared to those two. An uh, animal, well, yeah. but, but But also, Anton, you're comparing him to two of the absolute smoothest guys we've ever yeah. seen. Maybe, maybe throw Christian Craig in there, and those three guys – could have a you know a riding style for days, right? Contest. Mm-hmm. Like, so uh, I would put Ken Sexton and, and Craig at one extreme, and then I would put you know a, uh, a guy who uses a lot of energy like A Ray at the other extreme, right? And then right. and then Tomac in the middle somewhere. A Ray's got the breakdown, the clutch in, and the throttle pinned, and that's how he yes. rides, right? Yes. So um, yeah, I, I, I don't know, man. I, I see uh, I see what you're talking about for sure. Um, Fly Racing Moto Sixty Show, Mike Antonovich from Swap Moto Live. Does J-Mart help out Coop at some point in this series? At some point. I think at some point. I've been talking to Jeremy a little bit more this year, and we did a really good interview at Unadilla. And you can just tell, like, he's got a more well-developed outlook of racing and life as a whole and all these things. And I think he knows, like, hey, there is a game that has to be played. Maybe he didn't realize that when he was, like, 21, 22. But now he realizes, if I'm not in this position and it's going to help my career further down the line – yeah, he might have to lay up in one moto at the very last race of the year. But right. I don't see him, like, doing it this weekend at all, no. No, yeah, I agree. Uh, do you have the latest anything new on uh, uh, Aaron Plessinger? No, uh, it sounds like he's going to go, but okay. I just saw that Christian is out for this weekend now. Oh, he is? Oh, okay. Yeah. I did not know that. Uh, not surprising, though. He That was a pretty good uh, That was a good off. one. And, and like you guys have said, and we've all said this week, that that's probably one of the low-key, trickiest, most uh, – a high risk, low mistake areas is that 
off camber doubles by yeah. the finish line at Bud's Creek. Like you mess up there, it's over. Yeah, yeah, uh, you've you've seen that time and time again, right? Yeah. Um, what's your impressions uh, of uh, the the amateurs kitchen and uh, Kilroy uh, coming in now with two races? What's your what's your thought? Pretty good. Uh, about the same, you know, yeah. like both have had really good moments. Some have had their other moments where they don't have the starts or whatever. Levi was noticeably back a little bit at Bud's Creek this weekend, and then he had that issue with Jalik, mm-hmm. uh, whereas Kilroy kind of had those same issues at Unadilla where he was up front early and then went down in one of those motos. Yeah. Uh, so I think about even as far as that goes. It's cool to see them hanging out, like going out into the – grandstand areas like the fans and on the hills because i was walking around the track for 450 moto 2 and there's levi with his family like watching the race on the whole other side of the racetrack like it's cool that they're going to see what it's about rather than just hunkering down in the rig and just being in that you got to go see what's going on out there to know what to take on better you know if you just if you just stay and watch film you're not going to see the whole track all the time um but i think you know after two races they've both been really good i I think we've all even, even when Jet came in a few years ago, it's really hard for some 16-, 17-year-old, 18-year-old kid straight out of the A-class to make this big impression on dudes that are 23, 24, mm-hmm. that have been racing for 10 years yeah. at that level. Um, so I think that those days of, like, the rookie hotshot coming in straight out of Loretta's, like, waxing everybody are kind of well, fading away. I think, but, I think they le- there, there will be some... But it, yeah, it's going to be one or two kids. It's going to be Stu-ish or or RC-ish. Yeah. You know, there'll be. Yeah. I know. Don't, don't tell me who that is. I have no idea. But I, yeah, I don't know either. It'll happen. Point. But just yeah, right. The the last generation that that would be possible for, or the most recent, would be Levi. Like Levi has had so mm-hmm. much hype, and he's been riding with all those star guys, and have been as fast as they've been at the practice track. But he comes to the big races and sees it's not so easy. Practice lap times don't translate to race lap times. And he's, you know, hovering around the top ten, which is where he wants to be. Right. So they're checking all the boxes that they need to. Uh, they just need to get a healthy offseason in and then come out for Supercross next year and really put it to everybody, yeah. like show everybody what they can do then. Five races at the tail end of the season are good, but it's really just a sure. get your feet wet kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so we had Talon Volan on the show on Monday, Pulp Show, and he said that they're out in Florida at Baker's with Max. And uh, I got to think, uh, Anton, that KTM is very much like, hey, put them at Alton, Alden's, put them at Alden's. You know, that's what we want. You know, they're huge believers in that, right? And they are not, totally. they are not stoked with Coop moving out and all of that stuff. Uh, however, having said that, uh, Talon is a smart guy and has managed the, the career well. And the 250 side of the Baker's program does not seem to have the same success. So, what are your thoughts on uh, Voland and going over there and staying there and, and, and making it work and all that? Do you see that happening, and, and would, it, would it work? Um, I'm not surprised by it that he's there, just because, like, if you look at where they've taken Max, they don't just stay in one spot. You know, they, they really try to get him to, to see everything and have yeah. a more developed outlook of how to race, what these different tracks are like. If he just kept busting laps at Paula and State Fair and Paris and Glen Helen, he's not going to learn that much. He needs to go and be around guys that are of that higher stature that are at, at Alden's place all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, if he made a full-time move down there, I would be very surprised by that because I see them just kind of like bouncing around a little bit more and keeping it loose or maybe having like West Coast, East Coast base from there on out. But if he was like 365 days a year in Florida. Oh, so you don't that see that. A, yeah, you don't see that. That would be a big surprise to yep. me just because, uh-huh. you know, I don't, 
I, I just don't see that being the Volan way. They've always done really, really good about hopping around to where they feel is like the next testing ground for them. Right. Uh, just to get sharp. Um, I agree with you on the 250 thing. I don't know if that's because of management that's been down there, if it's because that program has always been kind of off to the side of the elite 450 guys and mm-hmm. they're not directly learning from underneath those guys, that's going to change. Uh, there will be some more influence through that, through the offseason. But it, he'll be the next like barometer of does this work or does this not. Yeah, yeah, he's been yeah. struggling a little bit. Maybe the, maybe the wear and tear of the motos have been getting to him. You know, it'd be understandable. And he's had an eventful year, you know, to go from the dislocated hip in Supercross kind of getting thrown to the wolves on that one, um, coming back from that, riding pretty well, leading laps at Paula at the opening round, then kind of having more of a realistic perspective in the time since then. He's had the full rookie year experience for sure. Right. Um, hey, Varese's been good lately, man. Very good. That kid is very, very good, and he's another one of those dudes that he hasn't had everything in his life. Yes, he's had good KTM equipment, mm-hmm. but he hasn't you know, had like – a six-figure contract from the time he was 14 years old. Anybody that grew up or has been around the Southern California moto scene for a while, they know how much his mom and dad and him have been a part of everything. Uh, so to see Josh doing what he's doing is awesome. He, he's very much like a grassroots story made, made good. Hey, we're getting near the end of this series here, three to go, and you can see like look, a full props to Rod Bell and Runkles and, and all these dudes, but you're starting to see the without Barsha and with Christian having one bad weekend and Christian out this weekend and, and – APD. You know, um, what's that? AP being out. AP. Not being there. Yeah, not little, not being d- there. the depth it's is getting, – yeah, it's, it's getting a little it's, thin. <laughs> yeah, I thought the same thing last week because as I was like typing up the entry list for Bud's Creek, I was like, wow, this is already a lot of privateers. And then yeah. when I looked at the privateer scoring points, I'm like, oh, yeah. But good for those dudes. We see that happen all the time at this point. And, I mean, let's be real. Uh, ever since we came back from the midseason stop in 2020 to now, it's been – breakneck pace for everyone you know there was very little of an off-season downtime last year uh it looks like there will be a bigger you know rest period for guys this year because there are no off-season events that are really taking place yep you know no monster cup no geneva we'll see about paris no australia a lot of stuff that guys typically do that wears them down they're not going to worry about so will they take the time to rest and regroup or will they just throw themselves even deeper into testing to get ready for next year? Who knows? Yeah, absolutely um, right. Yeah, But, yeah, I agree with you. Um, a lot of the factory power has really been whittled away ever since, like, Redbud, Millville. Yeah, yeah, it kind of seems a little bit. And and do you know when Barsha's coming back? Do we have any I don't, idea? No, I don't. Okay, yeah. That's, and I, that's really what the Team USA thing, I think, is also hinging around as well. Like, when's he going to be ready? When's he going to be able to say, hey, I'm, I'm back and I'm doing this? Yeah. Um, I mean – Obviously, the whole is the event going to happen, period thing. That's a big part of it. But I think Justin's health status is, is a, an, another very big factor, too. Yeah, yeah, probably a little bit, right? Because we don't expect Sexton to go. We think, uh, you know, even if there is a team, I, I don't expect Sexton to go, right? Would you agree with that? Um, or? Everything I've seen with Honda is still in to go. The Lawrence is not going is not a Honda decision. Right. But yep. other things have happened at all of the OEMs recently mm-hmm. to maybe make them rethink. Yeah, I think there was a new sign-up. I think there was a new sign-up at Cowie this week about, like, hey, you're definitely not coming in this truck. I, I didn't see that. There's always been one. I didn't, but There's always been one, but I think and then it was, was kind of like, hey, you could kind of come in, you could kind of not, you know, and yeah. I'm, I've been very respectful with a lot of the people like Honda 
You know, yep. if they want me around, I come around when they want me to. I go away when they want me to. I don't just walk in the truck and be pushing buttons on the coffee maker anymore. Um, yeah. Husky, you know, they've been pretty open, so I've been hanging out there from time to time. Uh, KTM has been a little bit more restricted, but at the same time, too, they've always been more closed off than other teams have. Yamaha has been pretty open, even though they had their share of issues with it around Washougal. There are people that are going through these things, and it's interesting to see how everybody is conducting themselves because, you know, six, seven OEM teams operating one way, and then their satellite teams, which mm-hmm. are independent but supported, get to operate a different way. Yeah, I think it's like a lot of America right now. It's all totally. it's, yeah. it's all different, man, uh, and absolutely the lawyers run everything, right? And and so what are the lawyers telling you? And at the OEMs, they're telling them one thing, and these private teams, there's no lawyers telling them anything. So um, No, and, and I've even, you know, I've talked to, like, Kehoe um, at Unadella. He was like, hey, thanks for being respectful of what we have going on. And I told him, I'm like, you have a multimillion-dollar operation yeah. with – dozens of employees and millions of dollars of sponsorship and everything on the line. Like it would be disrespectful of me to come over here and act a a different way because you're the one that's putting all this effort out there. Like you have the most at risk. It doesn't matter to me, but you have a lot at risk and I have to be respectful of all that you guys are putting on the line. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, for sure. All right, man. Well, we'll see you this weekend at Ironman. Thank you for the time on the fly race. Yep. Okay. One thing, although yeah. it is not going to be rainy, it's going to be very, very hot this weekend. Like oh, we're really? talking, it's been in St. Louis this whole past week. I mean, I know we're three hours away, but heat indexes have been like, if the temperature is 93, heat index has been like 106. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like 103 today right now, just with the humidity. Indianapolis has been a little bit cooler, but it looks like it'll be near the triple digits when it comes to the heat index on Saturday. So oh, wow. two okay. pretty hot races back to back. Yeah. was hot because yep. of, you know, the whole... This weekend will just be straight up end of August, Midwest hot. Oh, yeah. Wow. Good to know. Uh, yeah, it'll be a tough one for sure, right? Because there's not going to be a lot of air down in that valley. So, uh, yeah, yeah. It'll, it'll be gnarly. Uh, all right, Anton. Well, hey, thanks for the time. SwapMotoLive.com. Uh, check it out, and uh, we'll see you this weekend in Indiana. Thank you, man. All right. Thank, thanks, boys. See you. Uh, see, that's Michael Antonovich, everybody, and that has been the Fly Race and Moto 60 show for another week. Good job, Tits. Yes, thank you. Really fantastic there. A lot of calls. A lot of calls. A lot of calls. And you handled them with ease. Yeah. Like I knew what I was doing. Yeah. All right, everybody. Uh, Thanks for listening. Fly Racing, Moto 60 Show. Get Pro Taper, Maxis, FMF Vision. See you next week.